This is Jerry Boys Jr., Cleveland Browns left tackle, and you're listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vanamater. How are we doing? Today for you guys, we have a 2021 Browns draft review. We did a preview last week before the draft, and Jack, the draft went pretty well, I would say. I would agree. I think that's a pretty uh, widely held conclusion that the Browns did pretty well in the draft, picked, some, picked up some good values. Yeah, they definitely did, and let's just start with some headlines for the draft in general for the Browns. The first one that we have here is just stockpiling on the defense. It's been something Andrew Barry has been doing all offseason, and it seemed to be something that he did in the draft. Yeah, really focused on defense, especially with those first two picks. Those are the real big keys to this draft with Greg Newsom and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. That, that, that really is the, the biggest hole that the Browns had in going into this draft. We needed to address corner and linebacker. That's exactly what we, what we did with our first two picks. You know, to that point of stockpiling on defense, the Browns essentially have added, since since their playoff run, or since last season even, they've essentially added Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Grant Delpit, John Johnson III, Jadavion Clowney, Tack McKinley, Anthony Walker, Andrew Billings, Greedy Williams, and Tommy Togiai, amongst others. Like, that is a huge overhaul to the to defense, who already had some decent players with Miles Garrett and you know, Denzel Ward. Like, this this is a team that's ready to contend in 2021. Yeah, you go out, you add to that secondary with someone like John Johnson, Troy Hill. You add to the line with Tack McKinley, Jadavion Clowney. You add with linebackers like JOK, Tony Fields, Anthony Walker. I mean, he's just really added to all three levels of the defense, Jack. And it's getting smarter but younger at the same time. Yeah, I like that you mentioned smarter. Like, that's the, another common theme with this draft was... All of these guys that we drafted were really good, you know, personalities. They were really smart, hardworking, good attitude, accountable players. And like, and I think Anthony, Andrew Barry, and Kevin Stefanski spoke to that a little bit in a press conference, saying that you know they're going to deploy a lot of complex schemes, and that's part of why they drafted so many versatile players. They want their players to be able to you know execute these schemes. They have to be smart to do that because these are going to be you know a lot of different moving parts. So. That's a huge, and that's really, I think, a big difference of the new Browns versus the old Browns. I think the old Browns would have probably not focused as much on that, where this new Browns is really, it's really a new wave altogether. Yeah, it's awesome, because in 2019 with Coach Freddie Kitchens, it was just all drama 24-7. The locker room seemed like it was in disarray, and last year you really didn't hear anything. And now the Browns are even in a position, Jack, where they're signing some troubled players that are projects like they did yesterday with Malik McDowell. And, you know, it's a place where it's stable and where everyone has a common goal and where everyone's working for one thing, you know. And this young, smart, accountable, hardworking attitude is is a great thing, and it's something that I love that, that Cleveland totally embodies. Exactly. So the next headline that I wanted to talk about, last next headline, last headline at the same time, was the value that we were able to pick up in this draft. And this is not a new occurrence. Barry did the same thing last year with Grant Delpit in the second round. You know, snagging Newsom at 26, I think, was a good value. I mean, that's right around the area that he was supposed to go, but a lot of people had him graded uh, as a top 20 pick. I mean, obviously, 
Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who came out with that heart condition, kind of fell a little bit, but we were able to snag him, which I still think is a great value. And then even Ohio State's own Tommy Togiai, he was a guy who should have gone day two, but ended up going day three in the fourth round. So good value across the board. Yeah, great value. They even said they didn't think or didn't know it was even possible for Newsom to drop to 26. And then JOK, you obviously don't think at all that he's going to drop to 52. Like you said, there was the heart issue that people had concerns about and then the size and role issues. But that's something that didn't matter to the Browns, especially with Joe Wood's secondary and just the way that they play. And then Togiai, to top it off, if he stayed one more year at Ohio State, I think he would have been a no-brainer day-two pick, maybe even a high second-round pick. But he, he did really well last year. He produced, and that's a steal in the fourth round, in my opinion. So great value here for the Browns and another great draft for Andrew Barry. Agreed. So moving on, we're just going to quickly brush over some of the trades that took place. So the trade with the Panthers that landed the Browns, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, we acquired the round two pick, number 52, which ended up being JOK. We also acquired a 2021 fourth round pick, which was 113, and we later traded that to Detroit. But Carolina received 59, so we moved up seven spots to snag JOK. And then we, we also gave up pick 89 in the third round. So we moved back from 89 to 113 to move up 59 to 52 to get JOK. I think that was a fantastic trade, in my opinion. Yeah, it wasn't bad because we ended up trading that fourth rounder and that would have been our third fourth rounder. And at that point, you really just didn't need three fourth rounders. And then with the uh, third round pick, the Browns had pick number 91. I told Jack that there was no way that we were going to draft at both 89 and 91. So we kind of saw that coming and it was great value to trade up to get JOK. Yeah, give yourself some credit. You you texted me before that uh, that pick happened that you're gonna we were, we we're gonna package eighty nine to move up, and that's exactly what happened. So that was you called that one for sure. So the second trade that we had was with the Lions. This one was a little bit more relevant, but we ended up acquiring a round five pick, pick one fifty three, and a twenty twenty two round four pick, which is still still valuable, even though the twenty twenty two class expects to be maybe a little bit shallower than this this loaded class but we gave up a 2021 round four pick number 113 and a 2021 round seven pick 257 and this is the second year in a row that barry has traded away the Browns' seventh round pick starting to become another common theme amongst the browns draft yeah i i like this trade even though it was lower picks like barry hasn't picked in the seventh round in his two years as gm and i'm fine with that i don't really like seventh round picks and then just adding to the future with that 2022 fourth round pick. Who knows if we'll even have that next year, but more capital for next year. We really didn't need three fourth rounders this year. So another good trade, something else that I liked. Yep. So moving on, we are going to get into some player breakdowns of the picks that the Browns made. Kicking it off, we have our first round pick, number 26 overall, Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern, comes in at 6'1". 190 pounds and is 20 years old, one of the younger players in the draft. He, you know, Greg Newsom, like you said, it was a good, great value to get at 26. He really kind of broke out in this past season. He, he had production in all three years, so it's not like this was new for him, but he really took it to another level last year, which is why he went so early, or in the first round, I'll say it. And, I mean, some of these stats kind of eye-popping he had a completion percentage of just 35.2 on 34 targets 
allowed a passer rating of 31.7 with zero touchdowns allowed and a pick. 17 career college games he missed due to injury in 2019. So that is kind of the one concern with Newsom is he's he's a, not not undersized, but he, he's a little bit on the smaller side and, and has dealt with some injury concerns in the past, which isn't you know isn't amazing for the Browns considering Denzel Ward is a very similar type of player in that sense. But when he's healthy, he's very elite with a coverage grade of 80.83.3, and when he is healthy. He's a pretty good, he's a very elite in coverage with an 83.8 grade. He really stuck to these receivers. Every highlight of him, he's right there, right on top of these receivers with not even a room, to, an inch to spare. Another another knock, he did have a bit of a poor run defense grade at 60.3, which doesn't bode super well considering that uh, the Browns have struggled against the run over the past few seasons, but we've made some moves to kind of counteract that, and it's not like... Newsom is going to be a huge factor in the run defense, but that is something to kind of watch out for. Yeah, I really like this pick. I would honestly give it an A. Newsom is a great corner, a little bit on the slender side, but what Browns corner isn't on the slender side? Mm-hmm. You don't get many corners nowadays that are big, hard hitters, like someone like J.C. Horn. But speaking on J.C. Horn... People were kind of getting on Newsom for a small like value of stats to grade him on. But he had 34 targets last year and a lot of completion percentage of 35.2%. Someone like Horn, on the other hand, who went 8th overall, only had 24 targets last year. So it may be a small sample size that you're getting Newsom on, but it was bigger than the first corner that went off the board. So I'm really happy with this pick. I know he didn't have a great volume, but who did with these past two years, especially with COVID going on? So this is a great pick by Barry. And the thing is, he's super young. He's 20 years old, and he played three years of college football. So I love it. They love it. He's smart. He went to Northwestern. He's a hard worker, and he's just an accountable player, and that's exactly what they're looking for in a pick. That's why they really fell in love with him. I totally agree. And then, yeah, I mean, I I would also give this an ad, not that – I mean, we'll get to our final draft grades eventually, but just just solid all around. There's really not a big concern. And on that J.C. Horn point that you mentioned, like the only difference between him and Newsom is just, I guess maybe, you know, SEC had maybe something to do with it, a little bit higher competition, and then size really. But other than that, actually, Newsom actually out, statistically out outperformed Horn last year. So I, I love the value. Moving on, I'll let you talk about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, but this is probably the the favorite pick of the Browns draft, I would say. Yeah, so I'm going to give this pick an A-plus, Jack. Our round two pick, we traded up to 52. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, a linebacker from Notre Dame. He's kind of a hybrid linebacker, Jack. He dropped. He had a first-round grade from almost every team, but he dropped because a heart issue came up later in the draft process which the Browns addressed yesterday. They said it was not a big issue. They said he's healthy, he'll be healthy, he'll have a long NFL career. So we can kind of just forget about it, brush it to the side, but you can just remember for your own sake that he dropped because of that. He also dropped because of role concerns because he is a 6-1 linebacker. But anyways, he had 142 tackles in his career, 24.5 tackles for a loss, 7 sacks, over two seasons starting there at Notre Dame. He had an elite coverage grade of 82.3 with a run defense grade of 75.5, which is still great. But one thing, Jack, his missed tackles were an issue. He had 20 in the past two seasons, 10 apiece. So the tackling issues are there. You could attribute that to his size at 6'1". 
But the thing is, the guy is a hybrid linebacker. This is the new age of NFL linebackers, of NFL playmakers. You know, someone that can line up at linebacker. They can stop the run. They can go line up in the slot where he primarily played at Notre Dame. He played most of his snaps in the slot, covering tight ends and slot receivers. This guy can really do it all on the field. And that's someone that's of value. It's someone of, of value in any sport that you play, of football, basketball, baseball, someone that can play multiple positions and get it done at those positions on the court, on the field, on the floor. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that was what why the Browns fell in love with both Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and, and, and even Newsom. Like, just versatile guys, you know, and shorts. I mean, all these guys that we drafted are versatile guys. But speaking on JOK specifically, the guy can do it all. Like you saw, Travis Kelsey was gashing us in the playoffs last year because we didn't have a guy to cover a tight end across the middle. That's Jeremiah Wusukorma. You could drop him back in coverage, like you said. Like this guy can really do it all. He's a playmaker. If you watch his highlights at Notre Dame, like the guy is just everywhere on the field. And then additionally, like he's smart. Like again, going back to the point that we made, like. He, the guy is a smart, accountable guy. Grew up in a great family. I think his mom was in the Navy. Like this guy has grown up, always known as disciplined and, and you know being a, an accountable person. And I love that in the player. I, I really think that that is the foundation to becoming a successful NFL player. And let me say one more thing, real quick, on JOK. A lot of people are going to come in and think this guy's going to be the immediate resolution to stopping Lamar Jackson or someone like Travis Kelsey. But I feel like that would be kind of unfair to ask of him sure. to be this immediate sure. run stopper on Lamar Jackson or to hold Travis Kelsey to one reception. But the thing is, he'll make an immediate impact. You know, he's not going to stop it completely, but he's going to make an impact from the start. So that's why I'm really excited for him. Right. Next pick, was was this was a little bit, this was our first kind of, I don't want to say unexpected, because I think he should have gone around this area. Just kind but, of a wild card. Um, a little bit of a wild card because I don't think Browns fans really came in expecting us to address wide receiver, at least not early. But with the third or the ninety-first overall pick in round three, the Browns selected Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver from Auburn. And this guy, there's a lot of reasons to like this guy, but really it was his speed that you know attracted the Browns. He ran a four-two-five forty-yard dash at his pro day. He said he could have even ran faster. I mean, this guy's got like. You know, legitimate track, like Olympic track speed. He was a track runner and really a track standout before he kind of, you know, football kind of took over. But this guy, I mean, and he's not one of those guys as well that, like, you know, some guys have track speed, but it doesn't really translate to the field. Like, this guy, you can see it, bro. Like, he moves different than these other people. And so, you know, moving at, at Auburn, he had 54 receptions, 636 yards, three touchdowns last season. Not eye popping stats, but that wasn't really how they used. Anthony Schwartz, and I don't think that's how the Browns expect to use Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz was a great pick for the Browns because he brings, again, versatility to the offense and is a guy who can really take the top off. I think they're going to use him in all sorts of ways, end arounds, give him rushing attempts in almost every game. Really a guy that the Browns didn't have in the wide receiver room before. I mean, you, you had Odell and Jarvis and Higgins and DPJ, but you didn't have a real speedster that could just take the top off and really spread the field. So I think... Anthony Schwartz is a super high upside guy, but that doesn't mean he doesn't come with some risks as well. He had some injury concerns, had a broken hand, a nagging hamstring injury that kind of limited his his production. Last season, he was able to kind of stay healthy and put it all together, but a really interesting pick here, like you said, a, a wild card. 
Yeah, I, I really like this pick. I was telling you that it's kind of comparable to what the Chiefs have done with their offense. Just because it's a speedster, someone that could do a jet sweep, someone that could do an end around, you know. It's a whole new dynamic that the Browns can add to their offense now. And I know Odell was a deep threat, but obviously he wasn't even playing last year for more than half the season. Mm-hmm. So it's just another guy that can go out there and get it done, especially with the speed aspect. He's had an Olympic speed. He could have gone pro running, but he decided to play football. And what I like about him is he's played top-notch talent his whole career. Even in high school, at American Heritage High School, that's one of the best high school programs. Patrick Sertain's dad's the coach there, who also played in the NFL. So he's been around NFL guys his whole life, goes and plays in the SEC. It's a pick I really like, and just a new dynamic that the Browns can add to their already dangerous offense. Exactly, and may the Schwartz be with you. Alright, so, <laughs> so next, next up, James Hudson, who you're telling me you really like this pick. Just for depth. Yeah, so James Hudson, an offensive tackle from the University of Cincinnati, which has actually turned themselves into a very good football program. Mm-hmm. Played in a big bowl game yep. versus Georgia last year, which they almost won. I really like this pick because the Browns obviously don't need another starter on their offensive line, which is the best in the NFL, but they need depth. A friend of ours, Kendall Lamb, went to Tennessee in the offseason. We wish him the best of luck, but the Browns had to go and replace him. Chris Hubbard got hurt at the end of the year, and he's expected to be back. But I always think a good offensive line needs a couple guys that can come in and replace people because offensive linemen can get hurt pretty easily because they're in the trenches every snap of the game. So Hudson's a guy that's going to be a project. He's not going to start, obviously, but he's maybe a guy that could start down the line, you know. But he's also someone that can come in and fill in and hold a role if someone gets hurt. On 358 pass block snaps last year, he allowed six pressures and zero sacks. He had a run block rate of 73.6 and a pass block rate of 79.9, which are both above the 50th percentile. He had a great pass block rate. This is a guy I really like. He has upside, and he'll he will see some playing time this year, just not a ton. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and you saw like when when Teller went down and when. You know, Kendall Lamb had to step up and play. Like that was so important for the Browns' success to keep their running game at least afloat. And, and that's exactly what I think Hudson brings to the table. You will, guys will get hurt. Guys will need rest. So Hudson is a great uh, option there. I think he is a little bit more of a project. So I don't know if like he, he might play right away, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be amazing. So give him some time. I think he originally started his career as a defensive tackle or defensive end. He said so. Honestly, like, not he's not new to the position, but certainly has room to grow in, in, in more ways than one. So I really like this as a kind of a developmental pick and depth piece. But something, another important position that, you know, initially you wouldn't think the Browns need considering they had the best, arguably the best offensive line. But depth is so, so important. And, and Andrew Berry continues to attack that, and I love that so much. So moving on, moving on to round for our second pick in the round, pick 132. The Browns picked up Tommy Toyai, a defensive tackle from THE Ohio State University. Yeah, Tommy Toyai, a, a guy that a lot of Browns fans were stoked that he was still there and even more stoked that the Browns selected him, was a guy that you know really played very well for Ohio State. And, and I'll let you speak too, but you know he was a guy that probably could have stayed another year he wasn't. He's not super pro ready, but in terms of, I mean, just intangibles, like strength, for example, 
the guys unmatched put up 40 reps on the bench press, which was 98th percentile among defensive tackles. And, and those guys are not not weak in any way. So Tommy Togi, I really a, kind of a bull rush guy who's just going to get a lot of pressure. Had 10 run stops, two sacks, 21 hurries, and two batted passes on 291 snaps last year. Had an overall grade of 87.5, which ranks 16th among 258 defensive tackles in college football last year. Had a pass rush grade of 77 and an elite run defense grade of 87.8. So this guy really helps the run defense, really helps just get some push. Defensive tackle after, you know, we moved on from Ogan Joby and Sheldon Richardson was looking a little bit thin. So getting Togia was great. And we've really kind of bolstered that position a lot more since the release of Richardson. So I, I really like this pick. Another great value. Another uh, I, I give this pick probably, you know, We've been pretty generous, I, 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 but it's hard to give this pick anything less than an A. Yeah, I, I, I would give it an A, too. I think it's a great pick, especially at pick 132 in the fourth. I think Big Tom is awesome. He was awesome at Ohio State last year. The reason why he was probably drafted in the fourth, Jack, is because he realistically only had one season of experience at Ohio State. He didn't play big minutes until last year, but when he did, he was super effective. He's going to play in the three technique for the Browns, which means he'll you know, go and rush the quarterback, but he's good at that. He was the strongest guy on the team. If you asked anyone who played at Ohio State the past couple of years, they'd always say Big Tom was the strongest guy. And this is just a pick I love. The common theme here is great value for the Browns, and this is just a tremendous value in the fourth round. Agreed, agreed. And one last thing. People are really happy here in Cleveland because we haven't really selected many Ohio State players, so it's cool to see someone coming up from Columbus to come play for the Browns. Exactly. So next up we've got our round five pick, pick 153 overall. This was the pick we acquired from Detroit. And it turned into Tony Fields, the linebacker from West Virginia. Another hybrid linebacker, 6'1", 220, pretty undersized for the position, relatively. But a guy who really, really excels. You know, he, he excels, like, he, he's a quicker guy, excels in coverage. The run defense and, and coverage grades weren't amazing, but that's why he's a, a fifth-round pick. I think he, he you know had some issues missing tackles. So similar, like kind of a, a, a watered down JOK a little bit. But again, like this is a common theme, like it just really fits the Browns what they want to do. Yeah, it's just another hybrid linebacker here, Jack, kind of what Joe Woods wants, someone that can cover multiple positions, that they can go play linebacker and then they can move to the slot, maybe even move him up to safety. He, he's built like mm-hmm. a safety. He's even a little bit bigger than JOK, but it's just versatility that the Browns want and the Browns got here. Like you said, the fifth round, you can get some valuable players there, but it's obviously not an impact player from day one. This is someone that the Browns can work on developing, work with the tackling issues with, yep. and maybe we can see him play big minutes down the line. And that that's kind of what is here with our next pick, too. Our round five pick, 169, where the Browns grabbed Richard LeCount, a safety from Georgia. Yeah, Richard LeCount, he was an interesting player because I think he would have gone a lot higher in this draft had it not been for his poor, you know, athletic numbers. I think he ran like almost a 4.8, I think it was a 4.79 at his pro day, which is not good. So I think that was kind of part of it. And then he had a dirt bike accident that held him out most of 2020. But outside of those things, you know, everyone, everyone that 
you talk to about Richard LeCount, loves the guy. He was the team captain. Really, one of the main pieces of the Georgia defense was really the heart and soul. Great locker room guy, great personality. And really, he's not hes not going to be a liability, right? I think that's the biggest thing. Like, he's, he's very versatile. He can do a lot of things for your defense. He's really instinctual, natural ball skills. And it's not going to be a liability. But at the same time, another one of those guys who probably not going to be an immediate impact piece, maybe limited upside due to his, you know, underwhelming athletic profile. But there was a lot of good. He had a coverage grade of 76.1, a forced incompletion rate of 20%, which is very good. His big concerns, again, missed tackle rate, 19.5 or 19.4%, which is very poor. And then a, a pretty poor run defense grade as well. Another guy that the Browns will hope to develop. But, again, like, the, the, the character is just too good to pass up in, in the fifth round. Yeah, and you see a common theme. Not great at run defense, missing tackles, but a hard worker, someone that's accountable, someone that has a good attitude. And like these picks, like we kind of said for Tony Fields, he's not going to be a day one impact player, but he's someone that can impact in the future, come and impact in certain plays. So it's someone that I'm excited for. He was an absolute fan favorite at Georgia. Everyone loved him, and they were sad to see him go. Yep. So that brings us to our final pick that the Browns made. In the sixth round, pick 211 overall, the Browns selected Demetric Felton, wide receiver slash running back from UCLA, 5'10", 200 pounds, had a rushing grade of 80.3, can really, again, we've said this a thousand times, but versatility, he can play running back, he can play wide receiver, he's a really good kick returner, he's going to help out a ton on special teams, and that's kind of where I see Felton fitting in if he does end up making the team is... I think he's going to be a special teams guy. Could maybe challenge Jojo Natson for some return responsibilities. But ultimately, just is a guy that you know will really help out in a lot of different facets for this Browns team. Yeah, that's where I especially th- see him playing a lot this first year. You know, special teams if he makes the team. He, he will challenge someone like Jojo, and I think he will get the final spot over someone like Jojo just because he could play running back and wide receiver and you know return punts and kicks. So, again, versatility here. Someone that, you know, had a really good elusive rating at UCLA and played a decent amount of ball there. So, I like this pick, especially for a six-round pick. And someone that could make an impact day one on special teams, unlike some of the picks in the fifth round. Exactly. I agree. Actually, and we should mention, like, I think LeCount will play special teams, too. And that was another thing I think Andrew Barry mentioned in the press conference that they want to deploy him on special teams a little bit as well. So those guys, I mean, I love that they're getting that, that value in the fifth and sixth round that, that, that will contribute to the team in some way. So that brings us to our overall draft grades. John, I'll let you start. And if you just kind of want to yeah, so my, explain. My draft grade for this draft is A. Starting with our draft trades, the Browns were able to trade up with barely giving up anything. They were able to trade and acquire a pick for next year. And then in every round, the Browns basically draft someone who was a high upside player, who was too good for their value at where we got them at, or someone that's a project that could potentially make an impact in the future. So I really love this draft. I think Andrew Barry knocked it out of the park, and I'm really excited to see where these guys go with the Browns in the future. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give this an A. I'm not going to give it an A+, plus because there are some 
some concerns with the, the run tackling and everything. But I mean, I'm, I'm being nitpicky. Like this is an A all around. I mean, this this isn't ultimately. I think it, we're going to look back at this draft and be pretty happy with the outcome. And, and ultimately, I mean, there's just not much bad you can really say about it. I think this is a pretty high, widely held consensus. PFF said that the Browns actually had they ranked it as the best draft of all the teams. So it's really hard to find flaws with this draft. Really sound. Clearly, the Browns had a plan and executed that, and that's exactly what I'm looking for in a professional franchise. So, love this, love this draft. And really, I mean, like final final note is it addressed everything we needed. So, I think the Browns are ready to contend. And I, I mean, if I'm a Browns fan, this is a great time to uh, to be in Cleveland and be a Browns fan. So, that's really exciting. And then final note, Richie, he gets you right. So, there you go. Yeah, so that's just about all we have today. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> anytime, anytime. That was fun. Uh, I hope we can continue talking about these guys for a long time and that these are going to be some high-impact guys. So that wraps it up for our Browns draft review. If you haven't checked it out, check out our uh, pre-draft where we kind of talk about more prospects if you're interested in that. But um, pretty much does it. Yeah, Jack and I both predicted that we would take Newsom and JLK, so that's pretty cool if you want to go check that out. Keep an eye out for our schedule review. It's coming out on May 12th, the schedule, so we'll have it out a couple days after that. We'll see how the Browns are going to stack up this year versus other teams, but that just about wraps it up, so stay hot, our friends. Peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Black Lions Beats on YouTube. We will have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.